Morgan was talking a lot about overcoming depression and anxiety in your life, which is something that, um, as she said, has been on the rise recently. Uh, the number of people that suffer from depression and anxiety keeps getting higher, and the age at which it starts affecting people keeps getting lower. So people um, are younger and younger being affected by these things, and you can turn on the news almost every day anymore, it seems, and see somebody who's been affected by this or maybe has committed suicide because they got to the point where they didn't think there was any hope or any way to overcome the depression and their uh, anxiety that they were feeling. And so this series is saying that that's wrong. There is a way to overcome that. There is a way to find peace. There is a way to enter into God's rest and not have to deal with those issues of depression and anxiety. Amen? Whew. Okay. So tonight, my message is called Peace is a Promise. Um, if you guys have listened to the uh, Hillsong Young and Free album that they came out with earlier this year, they have a song called Peace on there. And this is one of the lines from that song. It's a great song. If you're struggling with anxiety and depression, I encourage you to listen to this song. Um, it's got great lyrics, but um, Peace is a Promise is the title of my message tonight. And when we look in the Bible, we see that peace is something that God has promised to us. We don't have to be bogged down in depression and be uh, weighed down by anxiety. We can walk in peace. God's provided that for us. He's promised that to us in his word. And so we're going we're gonna to look at a couple places where he does promise that to us tonight. Um, so we're going to start out in the book of Philippians. If you guys have your Bibles with you um, or if you want to write that down, um, I have um, a couple scriptures that if you're struggling, I want you guys to write down and keep with you. That will be very helpful when we're talking about peace and having peace. But I want to start off um, in Philippians 4 and chapter 6, or I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse, you know what I mean, the, the chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. So it says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So here we see in the book of Philippians that Peace is something that is provided to us as we live our lives in Christ. And uh, when Jesus died on the cross, um, the main thing that people think of is, okay, he died for my sin, or he died so that I can go to heaven, and that's true, and that's a big part of it, but that's not all that he died for. He died not just so that we could go to heaven when we die, but that so we could experience heaven while we're still alive, and peace is a part of that. Um, it's not just salvation, but it's healing, and it's prosperity, and it's deliverance, and it's peace that we can walk in while we're here. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven to experience peace. Um, and I really like how it says um, a peace that is beyond um, understanding. There's a, um, a translation that says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that means that we can have peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace. We can walk in peace when the world around us isn't peaceful and when things at school aren't peaceful or things at home maybe aren't what they should be or when politics are, you know, all jumbled up and the world doesn't seem to be at peace and it doesn't make sense to be peaceful, we can still have that peace and not have to suffer from anxiety and not have to be afraid of what's going on around us in the world. So this is something that is provided to us as believers. And if we want to look at the next verse, it's John 14, 27. This is Jesus uh, speaking in the New Testament. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And here Jesus is instructing us not to be troubled or afraid because 
The world can't provide peace like Jesus can provide. The world doesn't have an answer to anxiety and depression like Jesus has. They, th the world has answers, um, and it's see a therapist or, you know, take this XYZ medication. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help that way if you need to do that. But that is not the peace that Jesus can provide to you. Jesus can provide to you a peace that is so beyond anything that therapy or medication can provide for you. Um, and so... We see that God has promised us peace. The word of God isn't just God rambling off things that he would like, like to do. That's God's solemn word that he's going to provide for you what he says he will provide. And we can look in Hebrews 6, 16. I usually don't have this many scriptures. I got a lot of them for you tonight. I hope you're ready to turn your pages. But in Hebrews 6, it says, now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. So here we see when God makes a promise, it is not like when a person makes a promise because people can make promises and change their mind, forget about it, decide they don't like you anymore and not follow through on that, on that promise. But this says that God cannot lie. So when he makes a promise to you, you know he's going to keep it. And so when God promises that we can have peace, that's not something that he's going to change his mind about when the world gets wacky or when situations happen in our lives that seem ridiculous and out of our control and like that there's no way I can have peace during this. God promised us peace, and that's a promise that will never change. That peace is always available to you. So if God's promised peace to us and God's not the one that's taken back his peace, then why do Christians still suffer from depression and still suffer from anxiety? And, and why is it that maybe sometimes in my life I don't always have that peace that God has promised us? And so to look at that, um, I'm going to get into that a little bit more towards the end. But first, I want to look at uh, something called covenant. How many in here know what covenant is? Okay, Jim knows what covenant is. Thank you, Jim and Jamal. Okay, covenant. Um, a covenant is an agreement or like a um, like a pact, like a promise between two parties. And the Bible is a covenant. The Bible is um, God's covenant with man. And so um, I want to kind of go into a little detail to explain covenant to you guys before I get any further in this message. And so um, I'm going to explain it kind of um, how maybe covenant would be performed back in the days when the Bible was written. Because anymore, it doesn't have as powerful of a meaning and it's not as, uh, you know, uh, powerful as a, of a ceremony as it used to be, but what would happen is um, two nations or two tribes or two families, they would form covenants with each other, and what that meant was um, back then, regions were way more isolated, but they didn't have trains, they didn't have cars, they didn't have cell phones. You were just kind of stuck with like what you had around you in the area, so you maybe couldn't learn a hundred different skills and traits that you would need to operate as a tribe. And so what would happen is there would be one tribe. And so let's say this side of the room is one tribe and they're farmers. They're really, they're the best farmers actually in the area. And they, cause they have Fluzz um, and they have Haas and Haas and Fluzz know about farming. And so they're like, okay, we have this best process for planting these seeds and we always have more than enough food. We're never hungry. We were raised in Southern Indiana. You know, we know how to grow corn. So that's not a problem for us. We have 
all of this farming techniques and equipment, we eat. We don't go hungry. But they spend all of their time on their farming techniques. They didn't have, you know, you don't have the resources and the knowledge to just branch out into every field. So, like, that's kind of their one thing that they can do. And let's say this tribe over here, this tribe, you guys are warriors, all right? You guys are fighters. <laughs> Ain't no tribe better step to you in battle because you got the best weapons and you got the best fighting techniques and you know how to form all the troops and go into battle and just waste everybody else. So you're the best. Now, you're not farmers. You don't got time to learn how to farting. Far Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can we take that out of the podcast? Just, just slice that right out of there. No, I said farting. It was awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't have time to learn how to farm or fart because you're too busy fighting. Farming, fighting. Amen. It's hard to talk. Okay. So what would happen is this tribe would say, hey, we're hungry. We don't know how to grow food. And this tribe would say, everyone's stealing our food because we don't know how to fight them off. And what would happen is they would say, you can fight. We can grow food. Let's make this work for both of us. And so what would happen is each tribe would pick their best person. So this, this tribe over here would say, we're going to pick our best farmer. And Samuel Gehring, that's our best farmer. And they're, and, and they're going to send him up. So come up here, Sammy. And then this tribe over here, they're going to say, we're going to pick our best fighter. And our best fighter is Desiree. So Desiree, come up here. She's better than anybody else at fighting. Sam, be nice to her. She's better than anyone else at fighting. Okay. So they would, there would be this big ceremony, and they would come together, and both families or both tribes would be there to watch this event. And they would sacrifice a bunch of animals, and then they would come, and they'd take a cow, and they'd cut it right down the middle, and all the blood and the guts from the cow would stand. And then the two people would come and stand right in the blood and the guts from the cow. So come stand in the blood and the guts from the cow, guys. <laughs> guys, come on. The guts aren't that. So what they would do is Sammy would say, we will provide for you guys food, and we will share our growing crop growing techniques and our technology that we have with you. You guys will not ever have to worry about food. We got you. And then Desiree would be like, cool, we will fight for you. If anybody comes and tries to steal your food from you or attack you, we're going to come up with our best fighting force in the surrounding area and kick their butt for you. And Sam's like, cool. And so this was a pact, a covenant made between two uh, tribes. And this didn't just last for Sammy and Desiree's life. This was forever. This was generations. These two tribes were now joined as almost one tribe to say, I will have your back, you will provide that for me, I will provide this for you, and we will be better, right? Everybody got it? That's what covenant is. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Yeah, give them a, give them a hand. All right, so like I said, the Bible is God's covenant with us. You, um, you know the Bible is split into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament, but another term for that is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And so... The Bible is God's covenant to us, and when we see the promises of God that he says he provides for us, that's his part of the covenant. But notice it's not just a one-sided thing. There's two sides to the covenant. So though God says, I have all of this that I'm providing for you on my side, we still have our side of the covenant that we have to hold up. It doesn't just end with us praying a prayer and becoming a Christian and then everything. We don't have to do any more work. It's a covenant. It's a partnership. And so we have a part to play in receiving the promises of God and in receiving the peace that God has provided for us. 
And so when we look at the Bible, it shows us what our part is. And we can uh, put up Psalms 119, 165. If you don't know, Psalms 119 is the longest book in the Bible. It's an excellent read, and you should all read it tonight before you go to bed. But it says in verse 165, you're going to have to read a lot before you get here. But it says, those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. And we can look and look again in Psalms 85, uh, verse 8. Oh, my God, what's it say? It says, I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his faithful, but let them not return to their foolish ways. So here we see what is our side in receiving peace in the covenant. Our side is obedience. That's what qualifies us to receive the peace that God has provided for us. And Morgan did a really good job of hitting on this some last week um, and completely stealing my message from me, but it's totally cool. Um, when we obey God, that's what qualifies us to receive the peace and the promises that he has provided for us in his covenant. That's our side of the covenant. And so when we ask ourselves, well, why, you know, why don't I have peace? I'm a Christian. God's provided it for me. Why am I not walking in? Why do I feel depressed and anxious? Are you obeying God? That was a burp. Amen. Am I obeying God? What did God tell you to do? Did he tell you to talk to someone at school that you haven't talked to? What about just what the Bible says? There are a lot of things that the Bible says we should and shouldn't do. Are you abiding by that? If you're not, then you can't be surprised when you're not having perfect peace in your life and when you're anxious and depressed. Morgan said last week, when you open the door and a raccoon comes in, you can't be like, how'd that raccoon get in here? It's because you open the door. And when you're not in obedience, that's what opens the door for depression and anxiety in your life. And that's when you're not going to be walking in that perfect peace that God has provided for you. So I want to bring up a story uh, from the Old Testament about the Israelites. And in the Old Testament, the Israelites were God's chosen people, much like we are today in the New Covenant. But in the Old Covenant, there was a nation called uh, Israel. And they were slaves in Egypt. And if you've ever seen the Prince of Egypt, you know that they escaped from slavery. And they went through the Red Sea. And they went and... But what happens after that? The movie doesn't tell you, but I'm going to tell you. So God said, I have a promised land for you. And so the Israelites were like, all right, bet, like, let's go. And so they're, they're going, and even though God has provided this land for them, and he said it's flowing with milk and honey, and there's the best fruit, and it's basically a paradise. It's the country that I have provided for you and that I've promised you for all of this time. All you have to do is obey me and go there. But the Israelites don't do it. They don't do what God says. They send some people to scout, and they're like, ooh, they got giants living in that land. They will kill us if we try to come in. And so they're like, okay, let's not go. They don't obey God. And then they walked around the desert for 40 years until they all died, and then their children got to go into the promised land because they obeyed. But with the story of the Israelites, we see that God had a promise laid up for them, a country that he promised their fathers and generations before, and they were unable to enter into that promise because they were in disobedience. And in the same way, we see that when we're in disobedience, we cannot enter into the promise that God has uh, laid up for us. Um, we can't enter into perfect peace. We can't into, in, enter into perfect healing and perfect soundness of mind because we're not obeying, and it's not God's fault. God, God provided the peace for us. God told us we can have peace, and he doesn't lie. So it's not on his side. It's on our side. And when we're not walking in obedience and doing what we know to do, then that is going to cause that peace to be unavailable to us. So it's really important that we're um, checking up on ourselves and kind of doing um, 
you know, searching yourself and searching your heart and saying, God, is there something that you've told me to do that I haven't done? Like I said, it could be something small. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine, the, the Bible says. So even if it's the little thing that you think, oh, that's not a big deal. God told me to, like, be friendly to this loser at school that sits by himself, and I'm too busy hanging out with my friends. That's disobedience. Or if you are, you know, the Bible says don't tell lies. It could be something as simple as that. Are you telling lies? They don't have to be big lies. It could be little lies. But when you're not obeying God, you're not qualifying yourself to receive that peace. And that's when depression and anxiety can come in and take a hold on you. And to end out, I want to read this verse from Hebrews. Um, it's in Hebrews chapter 4, and it's actually a good uh, chunk of the first part of the chapter. It's verses 1 through 11. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good. And this is talking about the promised land and the Israelites. That promised land did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest or his peace. As for others, God said in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. That's talking about those who didn't believe him in the Old Testament that didn't enter into the promised land. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. We know it's ready because of the place in scriptures where it mentions on the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said they will never enter into my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Sobering. So God set another time for entering into his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all those who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter into that rest. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So there's a lot to unpack in that passage, but it really shows um, what I've been talking about tonight, that God has laid up a place of peace and a place of rest for you. And it's already created. It's ready for you to step into and take hold of. But just like the Israelites, if you choose to disobey, you're choosing not to enter into that place. All you have to do is obey and step into it, but it's your choice. And just like the Israelites, if you choose to disobey, you can't enter into it. You disqualify yourself. And, you know, that one verse said, there is a time to enter into God's rest, and it's today. So if you find yourself anxious and depressed and uptight, you can change that today. You can enter into God's peace today. It's not a long process of, oh, I have to go through all of this stuff. and then No, just make the choice. I'm going to obey God today. I'm going to do what his word says today, and I'm going to lay a hold of that peace that God has provided of me today. And, man, I hope you guys were encouraged by that. Um, uh, thank you guys for coming. Uh, we're still going to have a lot of fun. I hear that we're going to be playing some kickball outside.